capital fellow. He'd always been a bit of a dodo. I couldn't help but wonder if he'd survived the war simply by walking in circles, as he'd had me driving, never actually making it to the front. I adjusted my rather uninspired cream short-brimmed hat over my auburn castle-bob tresses and stepped down into the dirt and gravel lane, hoping the mud wouldn't damage my blue kid leather pumps. My gaze travelled over the beautiful pale yellow body of the Rolls-Royce and came to rest on the equally attractive man rounding her bonnet. Dark blonde hair curled against the brim of his hat, and when his eyes lifted from the spot where our motorcars nearly touched, I could see they were a soft grey. I was relieved to see they weren't bright with anger. Charming a man out of high dudgeon had never been my favourite pastime. One corner of his mouth curled upward in a wry grin. Well, that was a near thing. Only if you're not accustomed to driving in London. I offered him my most disarming smile as I leaned forward to see just how close it had been. But I do apologise. Clearly I shouldn't have been in such a rush. Oh, I'd say these hedgerows hold some of the blame. He lifted aside his grey tweed coat to slide his hands into his trouser pockets as he nodded toward the offending shrubbery. It's almost impossible to see around them. Otherwise I would have seen you coming. It's hard to miss a Pierce Arrow, he declared, studying the current red paint and brass fittings of my motor car. Yes, well, that's very good of you to say so. Nonsense. And in any case, there's no harm done. Thanks to your colourful bonnet ornament. He followed my pointed stare to the pompon attached to his silver lady, his wry grin widening in furtive amusement. There must be a story behind it. It just seemed like it should be there. And that's all there is to it. He shrugged. Does there need to be more? I tilted my head, trying to read his expression. I suppose not. Though, I'll own I'm curious where you purchased such a bold piece of frippery. Oh, I didn't. His eyes sparkled with mischief. My niece kindly let me borrow it, just for this occasion. I couldn't help but laugh. Had he been one of my London friends, I would have accused him of having a jest. But with this man I wasn't certain, and told him so. I'm not sure if you're quite serious or simply having a pull at me. Good. He rocked back on his heels, clearly having enjoyed our exchange. I shook my head at this teasing remark. He truly was a rather appealing fellow. Though there was something in his features, perhaps the knife-blade sharpness of his nose, that kept him from being far too handsome for any woman's good. Which was a blessing, for combined with his artless charm and arresting smile, he might have had quite a devastating effect. He still might, given a more susceptible female. Unfortunately, I had far too much experience with charming, attractive men to ever fold so quickly. I pegged him at being just shy of thirty, and from his manner of speech and cut of clothes, undoubtedly a gentleman. From old money, if I wagered a guess. A well-bred lady can always tell these things. After all, we're taught to sniff out the impostors from the cradle. Though it had begun to matter less and less, no matter what my mother and her like said about the nouveau riche.
he pulled a cigarette case from his pocket and offered me one, which I declined, before lighting one for himself. If I may be so bold, he remarked after taking a drag. Where precisely were you rushing to? Pool Harbour. There's a boat I'm supposed to meet. I sighed, and I very much fear I've missed it. To Ambassy Island? I blinked in surprise. Why, yes. I paused, considering him. Are you also? On my way to Walter Ponsonby's house party, he finished for me. I am. But don't worry, they won't leave without us. He lifted his arm to glance at his wristwatch. And if they do, we'll make our own way over. Well, that's a relief, I replied, feeling anything but. Some of the sparkle from our...